As again, as we're turning to Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 18, I'd love for you to pray with me. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So a man on death row is having a final visitation with his community, his friends, his family. And they're in the room, and he's acutely, acutely aware of the time that he is spending with them. And yet present, focused with his children, focused on his wife, focused on the friends who are there. And the final bell kind of rings from the guards for him to be taken away for the last time. And he looks right into the eyes of his children to speak to them. And what do you think he's going to say? Probably the most important thing that he wants to say. The last words are often the words meant to be lasting, right? And we have come to the end of a letter written by a man in chains to saints that he loves. And so we too, as we come to the end of this letter, should remember that the last words are often meant to be the lasting words. We should pay attention to the last thing that Paul and the Lord through him wants to say to us. So here we're starting at verse 18. This is after this section here on the whole armor of God where he's begun, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. This is back in verse 10. Sorry. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And he goes through the litany of the armor and we pick up in verse 18. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus with love incorruptible. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The last thing that Paul wants 
these brothers and sisters to know is encouragement. It's encouragement. That he may encourage your hearts. He wants them to be encouraged to persevere with Jesus in prayer. And that's going to be sort of the message of our time together today that I want to also encourage us with, to encourage us to persevere with Jesus in prayer. To encourage us to persevere with Jesus in prayer at all times, with all perseverance for all the saints. So let's start. Remember that this encouragement, this lasting word that he wants to give us is not a suggestion. Sometimes we say we want to encourage someone and we're kind of like, well, you know, maybe you could try this, right? That's okay. We use that word sometimes. But that's not what he means. He doesn't mean a suggestion. He means encourage, core, heart, to take to heart what I am trying to tell you. He wants us to take to heart and have heart, to be heartened in what he is telling us to do. And what is he telling us to do? To persevere with Jesus in prayer. Now, I'd like to go first through and just talk about prayer, talk about how the ways he's talking in prayer, and then focus on Jesus. For whenever we're encouraged, right, you're encouraged to do something, but you have to be encouraged by and with something, right? When I used to run cross country, the coaches would position themselves and run, of course, all across the course, right, to find times at crucial junctures to yell at me, right? Um, and why? Because they were hard places. And I needed the encouragement to push through the pain that is needed at that moment. But they didn't just tell me to do it. They would remind me of things. If you kick in now and you catch him, we get first, right? I had to be incentivized as well. And so when we're encouraged to take heart, we're both given the thing to do, but also given what we're being encouraged with. So I want to start with what we're to do, and that's persevere in prayer, and then kind of come back with what he's encouraging us with. Okay? So prayer. You see, pray is in here. Praying at all times, verse 18, with all prayer and supplication, making supplication for all the saints. Supplication and prayer are related words. All supplication is prayer, not all prayer is supplication. Supplication is when we ask, like we did in prayers for the people. We ask on behalf of ourselves, of others, our enemies. But there's a lot more prayer. Lament is prayer. Praise is prayer. Thanksgiving is prayer. Silence can be prayer. The Psalms are a helpful guide to us to see the breadth of prayer. But what is prayer. I remember hearing one time a beautiful phrase that I'd like to give us. Prayer is communication in communion with God. 
Prayer is communication in communion with God. So communicate. We talk. <laughs> prayer is talking with God. But communication is more than talking, right? We use communicate, you say communicate attributes. It, it has a conveyance. There's transfer. There's actual commerce, the word is related, right? In that communication. And so we're really not just talking to God and then God talking to us, but there's actual power in relationship. God is actually conveying grace to us as we look up to him, as I look to the sun. Its heat and its rays are coming into me and motivating me to even look to it in the first place. God's grace draws us in to fix ourselves on him. And by that communication, he communicates his grace to us. And so that communion is a relationship in which we have intimacy with God. God knew us and thus calls us to know him, to sit with him, to talk with him, to look into his eyes. It's both affective and effective. If I spend a long time, research shows this, this is really interesting, if you, the longer you spend perhaps with a spouse or a close friend, you begin to act like them. You even begin to look like them because we copy one another's postures. When we spend time with God in prayer, he's forming us. He's affecting us to be like him. But he also affects things. He answers our prayers. He gives to us as a good father. And actually, he doesn't just give to us. He gives through us by forming us to be the sort of people through whom he actually does his work in the world. And so when we pray for our neighbors or we lament on his behalf, he's actually making us the one through whom his grace goes out to do the things that he intends to do. So it's a very active relationship, prayer. Unfortunately, it all depends on God. Because I'm sure there's lots of times you don't feel anything that I just said about prayer. And yet he gives us the reminder to call us into that. And so that's prayer. Communication in communion with God. I love that he uses this as the end of the whole armor of God. For prayer is an awful lot like focused breathing. I could give you a lot of instruction if you were training for something, preparing for battle, and equip you with many things, right? But if you don't breathe, you cannot use anything that I just gave you. <laughs> breathing is foundational. Focused breathing, intentional breathing. When I have to calm down, when I have to focus, that's what we're doing in prayer. The focused breathing that allows us to enter into the situations in which we need prayer, in which we need all this armor of God, in which we believe in God as Lord. 
So would you even practice that with me? If you're feeling, take a deep breath through your nose and pause and breathe out. We feel it in our body. It's necessary for our lungs, for our blood. Likewise in prayer, we focus ourselves to receive all that we need and to be in touch with the one who gives us life. So what are we doing with this focused breathing of prayer? What is Paul actually encouraging us to do? There's a lot of alls in here, <laughs> um, and I'd like us to walk through these a little bit here. Go look back at me at verse 18. Praying, we just talked about that. At all times, with all perseverance, for all the saints. At all times. That's a lot. At all times. In one way, that can mean always. We hear that through Scripture. Paul's talking about praying ceaselessly. And I remember I've read people writing about this or commentaries, and they're like, well, does Paul really mean that he's praying all the time and like he doesn't actually never stop praying? Like, That's an interesting question. I'm not sure that it's very helpful to us, right? Because what would that even look like? Tr transfer this with me. This isn't just immediately hyping on you that the only thing you should do constantly is, like, be on your knees in prayer. It is good to be on your knees in prayer, but what you're not being asked to get out of the world and do nothing else. Okay? At all times, hear it like this, at every time. That's another way you could translate this, at every time. At every time, be in prayer. This armor imagery reminds me of a sentinel on his post. He's equipped. He's ready. A sentinel, a watch guard, must pay attention to everything. Every sound every person, every movement. There is no detail unimportant to the sentinel. If there were details that he thought unimportant, well, those might just be the very things that most needed his attention. Many a city have fallen when certain details were not attended to. And so at every time, say like when we pay attention to everything because everything matters. Everything matters. There's nothing unimportant to bring in prayer before God. And I know sometimes we can think that way. It's like, oh, I, 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 you know, I don't need to bother someone with this. Like we do that in relationships. I don't need to bother someone with this. I don't need to talk about this. I can take care of this myself. But remember, prayer is communication with God, holding things up to him to receive from him all that is needed and trusting him with that thing. And so if we say that something's not important to pray to God, we're essentially saying it's not important to God, which would be troublesome, because then there'd be things that God is not attending to. But we don't believe that. We believe everything is important to God. And so we can also make it important. And so what would that mean? 
to at every time be in prayer. Well, we, we actually attend to a lot of things. We have a lot of times. What are the times in your day, in your weeks, in your years? You have calendars. We have to-do lists. We have rhythms that we go through. We have habits that you may or may not put on your calendar. What would it be to take every one of those times and bring them in prayer? Every time you go in to something new, every encounter, we pray. That sounds like a lot, but we are triggered by everything. Every new person that comes to talk to us, you're feeling something. Every new thing that comes up on your schedule, you're preparing for it in some way, or you don't feel prepared for it, and so you're anxious, right? Every new time we walk into a room, we're wondering things. We're already triggered by every new time. And we already have things that we do. We worry. We get angry. We get happy. We practice certain things. Behavioral scientists say it'd be amazing to know that most of us brush our teeth in exactly the same way every day. You do many things exactly the same way all the time. We have ways that we do things. And so what would it be to attend to those things when we're feeling anxious, angry, or going about things, to capture them and turn them to prayer? When you go to get your cup of coffee, praying to give thanks, when you're about to enter into a meeting, praying for grace. When you're about to talk to someone who you do not want to talk to, praying for them. When you're about to open an email, or a letter, or an article, asking yourself, do I have the time and capacity right now to pray for this thing? Because I know many of us, I know, but let me say, I know for myself, right? I've been trying, I've been preparing for this, I've been trying to practice this. <laughs> there are times I'm like, I don't have time to stop and pray. E even if prayer takes a few seconds, I don't have time to stop and pray for all these things. I mean, I have time to do them, apparently, and worry about them, but I don't have time to pray for them, right? False. Pray in the spirit. You're either engaging in things in spirits of anxiety, of anger, of apathy, or you can pray them in the spirit. And maybe the spirit's just going to seek to bless you and calm you as you enter into that. Maybe he's going to equip you supernaturally to engage the thing that you need to engage. Maybe he's going to stop you from doing that thing. How many things do we read that then fill our minds 
And maybe if we had prayed in the Spirit of what to do with that information, we'd be much better equipped. Or maybe we wouldn't have entered into it at all. Y'all can see it on social media, in your communities, how much anxiety there is around reading this and reading this, and I heard this, and I did this, and I just want to veg out on Netflix or whatever. None of that is neutral. What would it be to pray and say, I'm about to read this article about this political party that I do not like. So I will pray for them. I'm about to read this news that I think doesn't matter, so I will pray for it. And either see that it does matter, or maybe I just shouldn't read it. There's a depth to this. And so you might be wondering, like, oh, that's a great preacher. Well, how do you do that? Okay. Well, there's a, there's a lot of ways. Some of it is attending to this together. Right? This is a practice. When we practice, we have to practice. I don't tell a lacrosse player to be really good at making the goals. I let him practice. It takes practice. And there are modes through Christian tradition and our own traditions and our own practice. There's things like the breathing prayer. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Christians for millennia have said that prayer, and you can say it in a breath. There are models of prayer that you can take. Maybe you've heard of acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You can think in these categories of what do I need to do maybe in this moment? Or maybe you say all three. I mean, all four. Okay. Lord, I'm about to read this. Or I'm about to enter into this cafeteria room where I don't think anyone knows me and I feel really anxious. Lord, you know me. Help me not to be anxious. Thank you for anyone that will talk to me. Thank you that you talk to me. Right? You can just think in these categories. So at every time, learning to attend to our times the way that we already do, but submit them in prayer. There's also a way that we can form our time. <laughs> You've probably seen like sentinels at Buckingham Palace or... You think of the memorial of the unknown soldier, right? They stand there. And then at certain prescribed times, they move, right? Their whole time is ordered around certain movements. Surely they have to pay attention to anything that's actually going on. Do not think that if you just walk up there and do some nonsense, that they're not going to get you just because you think that they're always standing there, right? But they also move at prescribed times. And so there's one way to think at every time, everything that I usually think about in my day, but there's another way to think also, how do I conform my time to prayer? Brothers and sisters throughout history have talked about times of prayer. We do this. People talk about quiet times, probably in ways that some of you have grown up. 
setting aside time to be in the word and be in prayer. And you order your day around doing that. We think of times maybe morning, middle of the day, evening. Simple things of even practicing, I'm going to get on my knees in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. I may feel like doing it. I may not feel like doing it. But I trust that the Lord is shaping me through that practice. And sometimes there's just times that come up. A friend that talks to you about a new suffering that has afflicted them. Or a new joy that has caused them great happiness. Or a worry for which they are seeking the Lord's guidance. What does it just stop? Not that we can't say, oh, I will pray for that. And some of you might. I have found that I many times forget. And maybe you're like me. So what is it to practice praying at that moment? I will stop my day to be with this person and pray with them. Lament. Rejoice. Beseech. To just stop right there and pray. That'll shape our days. That'll shape us. So at every time, I know that that sounds like a lot. And these questions might be going through our mind. Well, gosh, okay, those are some suggestions. How do I do that? That sounds too hard. Or, yeah, I think that sounds great, but I'm going to forget. I don't know how to do that. Uh, Or I don't want to. In practicing this, there are times I'm like, I don't want to submit this in prayer because I'm frustrated. Or I'm apathetic. So that directs me to this point about with all perseverance. Just hear that, yes, it is hard. It is difficult to be at prayer at all times. It is suffering to be at prayer at all times. You are not wrong to feel that it sounds difficult. But the Lord has given it to us anyway. And he encourages us with it in this way. This word perseverance, it's kind of like endurance. I talked about cross country before. You have to run. Muscles are aching. Right? My mind is spinning. My breathing is heavy. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. And endurance, right, is something we train to go through that. Perseverance is like endurance, but it has the end. Those who persevere are not merely those who endured, but they won. Perseverance is like overcoming. The words are actually related. It is to endure to the end. 
And the apostles are actually replete with using this imagery. Jesus himself is. He's the way. It's a narrow way. They must, we must follow after him. Take up our cross and follow him. The apostles talking about also following after Jesus. Striving after him. Seeking him. But a confidence that in Jesus they'll make it to the end. Because they have this hope that those who endure, those who persevere to the end will be saved. To those who overcome, to those who conquer will be given the kingdom of heaven. Like Israelites in the Exodus, to those it was granted to endure to the end, they saw Canaan's side. And those who did not endure to the end did not. And I know some of us in our theology is a glorious grace to remember that God will preserve to the end those whom he has tended to give salvation. But if I was a commander and I came before you and say, surely I will come to you. I will give you all that you need to endure. This will be hard but I am with you. If I was a coach or an instructor and I said, I will be with you into the end, it will be hard, but persevere with me and I will see you through. And then I threw down myself. I was like, oh, well, good then. I'm glad I don't have to do this. I might look at you, one, shocked, two, with a certain sincerity to say, you have misunderstood me. You still need to persevere with me to the end. Our theology about the endurance and the perseverance of the saints is not a laurel on which to rest, but a promise in which to persevere. Because we trust that Jesus will give us the strength to go and he will give us the rest when we complete it. So I just want us to hear that, yes, it's hard. And yes, it's suffering. And there will be boredom. And there will be aches. And there will be distractions. And there will be sins and frustrations and things that I don't want to do. And this idea of turning everything in prayer. And yet that's the very reason that God's telling us to be encouraged and to persevere. And the prayer itself is part of the way that we have the strength to go through it. But that brings us to this other part, for all the saints. Right? Did you see at the end of verse 18? Making supplication for all the saints. Y'all, we, 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 don't, we don't do this together. As much as I use the sentinel imagery, we are not sentinels on lone towers in the middle of the wilderness with our sniper rifles and headgear or whatever we might think about this like armor of God, watchful endurance. We are brothers and sisters in the colony of God, watching with one another in the wilderness, trusting that indeed we are moving forward. 
you're much more like people joined together in your own village, hand in hand, watchful and hopeful. We are to pray for all the saints. But I'm struck by this. If God is telling, you know, say you, 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 you're hearing this individual and you're hearing, okay, I'm to pray for all the saints. He's also saying that to the person next to you. He's also saying that to the person behind you. He's also saying that to the person in the town next door. He's also saying that to the persecuted Christians in Afghanistan right now. He's saying that to the saints who went before us 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. We are part of a great cloud of witnesses who are in prayer for one another. It is hard to be in prayer. But hard things are much relieved when our teammates come alongside us, right? Encourage us. Act with us. And so what is it to take this in and not just think, how am I going to take my day at every time and do this? But how are we going to take our times and pray? Some of that might be honesty and actually sharing life with one another. How are we to pray for one another if we don't know what's going on? If we don't let people in? And I know that's the hardest thing to say at the moments that we most need to let someone in is like, oh, you should let someone know. Everything in our bodies is reacting against that. And yet the spirit in whom we're praying is calling us out. And so it's also a call for us to be watchful of other people, to engage. That honesty might be the fodder of prayer. And so praying together, asking one another, spending time with one another. Just like we talk about taking every moment, what does it take our conversations? doesn't mean you can't talk about sports or the weather or your job or your children. But what a witness it would be to us and others if we actually directed those conversations in prayer with one another. And that, that practice becomes the encouragement for which we can enter into this. So all the saints are praying for us. <laughs> and we are praying for the saints. We're persevering because of one another and with one another. And so we're enabled at all times to pray. And so there's much, much, much we could dive deep into this and mind this. But this is what Paul the apostle is encouraging us to do. And by way of conclusion, I'd like to actually point us to well, what is he encouraging us with? What, why do all this? Why strive to be in prayer at all times? Did you hear the passage that our brother Ben read to us? Because Jesus is with us. Jesus prayed at all times and does pray at all times in all perseverance 
for all the saints. He came in his life and was one with the Father, with the will of the Father, constantly in prayer. He died in prayer. And he rose again. And as the author of Hebrews reminds us, lives always to make intercession for us. Jesus reigns in heaven in order to pray for you and to call you into prayer. He is making prayer for all the saints. He loves his own and loves them to the end. That was true in his earthly ministry, and that's true now. And as again, I, I, can't, I can't encourage reading the book of Hebrews on this topic enough. This idea of suffering in prayer. <laughs> the book of Hebrews actually is a sermon. It's an exhortation, an encouragement in many ways to persevere in Christ. By pointing us not so much to our own abilities, but to the one who perseveres with us and for us and holds us with him. One that he says had to be perfected in every way through suffering. Why? That he might be a faithful high priest who can sympathize with you in every weakness. Jesus knows what it is to want to veg out. Jesus knows what it is not to want to receive hard things. Jesus knows what it is to be anxious, to be distracted. I know sometimes that can be hard. We have such like a stained glass image view of Jesus. He is without sin, but he was fully human. So that he can sympathize with you in every weakness, in every time. And we're not just called to be like Jesus. If you've been with us through this series... While Jesus is an example for us, this whole book of Ephesians is not about us being like Jesus, even though that is part of the call. It's what Jesus has done. God, even writing through the apostles, says that you may know how we are and what we are doing, that you may be encouraged. Well, how God is, he is undying love, constantly in prayer for his people. And that is what he is doing. And so we're not just trying to be like him. We're trying to be with him. We're trying to be with him in the work that he is doing. In the security that he offers us. In the abiding presence of our Lord. He's arm in arm with us. He is our strong tower. He is our place of rest. He is our secret prayer closet. And so in all of this, how do we keep essentially then Jesus before us? Because he's the one we're following in prayer. How do we fix our eyes on him? As a sentinel looks for the dawn, as wayward passengers look for the horizon, as the oppressed look for deliverance, 
as all of us look for hope, how do we put Jesus before us? Sometimes many of the cheesy ways that we think about songs, little prayer cards, posters, books around, they really are effective. Also effective witnesses to people like me who didn't have any of those things and then was wondering why are these people like the way they are and who do they know that I don't know? Let us be ways to keep Jesus in front of our eyes that fixated on him. We might take every time and bring it in prayer to him. We might persevere because we are being drawn by him. We might bring along everyone else because we so want to be with him. And he guarantees that we'll be with us and that we'll be with him. And so we're fixed on the one who is fixed on us. And we persevere with him. So let us pray. Lord, do encourage our hearts. Equip us with every little means. Let us turn to you in prayer, please. The one who is constantly praying for us, living to make intercession for us. Help us in all these things that you have laid before us to do. Trusting that it's through them that we know your goodness, your prayers, your assurance your glory, your grace, your power. Communicate these things to us, Lord, in communion with you. And all God's people said, amen.